was born in 1936. Oh, that makes me 82 years old now, plus. <laughs> I was born about 12 miles south of here, and I have lived there all my life, with the exception of about a 12-month safari in the St. Louis that we did not enjoy very much. Um, I live across 67 Highway from where I was born and raised, so I've not been real adventuresome. At that time, we had a post office called Zion. Okay. Loved it when I started to high or went to high school. Had uh, typing, and we'd be told to type our name and address as many times. A lot of those kids lived in Fredericktown. I lived in Zion. <laughs> Four letters. <laughs> Were you born at home? I was born at home. There was a doctor present. I was born in July. Mother said it was terrifically hot. I'll bet it was. <laughs> then eventually you married, and is that when you went to St. Louis? Yes, after about a year after we were married, uh, we went to St. Louis. Uh, a friend of his had gotten him a job where he worked, and I worked at a large insurance company, huge insurance company. And I had grown up in a community of family. Uh, all my dad's siblings lived within a two-mile radius. And my grandparents, uh, my mother's two sisters, lived in that same radius. I went to school, grade school, with numerous cousins. I don't even know how many. Wow. We went to St. Louis and <laughs> we were no one. No one knew who we were, nor did we know who anyone was. It was harder to make friends. We were fish out of water. That's what <laughs> Well, you started to talk about uh, your experience with your cousins uh, in school. Was it Zion School District? It was Zion School at that time. Uh, the building is still there. It's now a two-room brick building. At the time, well, probably still would be the case if there were rural schools. It was the nicest, foremost school building in the county. It was um, brick of all things. Uh, remember, this is in the early 40s, there was no electricity through our area at that time. Uh, we were located within less, less than a quarter mile even of what was then called Mississippi River Fuel Transmission. It's now Center Point Energy, I think. So they had power and they had running water. Well, they couldn't share their power, but they did uh, pipe water into our school. So we had restrooms, not uh, outhouses. We had a drinking fountain. And this was the only rural school in the county that, that had those amenities. We had a, a beautiful library, which I love, and that... I'm talking beautiful, had sliding glass doors, and it was filled. And I guess because the tax base, because of that uh, Mississippi River fuel transmission, uh, gave our district more income than a lot had. So 
every year the teacher got to order more books. I devoured them. <laughs> I read books I didn't even like because they were books and I wanted to read. But I had cousins. We were eight grades in one room when I started. I would have had cousins in every one of those grades. First cousins. <laughs> Altogether, there were 17 of the first cousins. We're down to six now. What would you say the population of Zion School was? I can remember that there were 60 of us in that one room. 60? 60. One teacher. That was my next question. It was set up for pretty, it was probably set up for 50. There were a few places where uh, two children would have been in these nice desks. Mm -hmm. The only unnice thing about those desks, they had ink wells, and we had mischievous boys and girls with long hair. At some point, probably it was, when I was in the seventh grade, they completed another room attached to that same building, and then we had two teachers in the uh, three, three upper grades. Six, seven, and eight went into the new room, and the others were left in the old. But they were equally nice, and I, I think, and it's been actually proven that uh, putting all those groups in there, you were exposed to the teaching, the knowledge, the recitations and whatever that every grade had. Uh, one of our teachers, her name was Ruth Dees, uh, and I don't know whether this was her decision or if it was state mandated, but uh, she switched. We went from fourth, we could go one age group would go straight on to fifth, but then the next year, that fourth grader would then go to sixth and catch back fifth. I don't know why. I know it made fifth grade really dull and boring for me, but uh, you were getting double exposure all the way through. Mm -hmm. So probably helped quite a bit. I think so. Yeah. When I graduated from eighth grade at that time, uh, all the rural schools, and there were there were several, I have no idea how many, but several, were the graduates were brought into Fredericktown School for um, an examination. We had, I'm not keeping this in order, but uh, from... Uh, examinations every year to be able to pass from grade to grade. But then the eighth graders, excuse me, were all brought into Fredericktown, and I was scared. I thought, I'm a country kid, went to country school. Right. I was one of the top <laughs> garner <laughs> of, of the top grades in that exam. 
and it turned out that uh, all but a couple that I later went to high school with, and I saw why they were ranked so high. <laughs> but all the rest of the top 10 or so were rural kids. There was benefit in that. So did you, I'm guessing you walked to school, you are probably pretty close? or Actually, we were about two miles from school, <laughs> but all those cousins I was speaking about uh my parents did not allow me to leave home and walk to my grandparents where the first cousins were, and that was mm, a little over a half mile. I would be taken there, and then I could walk the rest of the way in nice weather. Other than that, Dad gathered up the whole kitten caboodle <laughs> and took us to school. Uh, coming home, then I... And my sister, who was two years younger than I, had to stop at our grandparents and stay there until Dad came home. Mother was a stay-at-home mother with our baby brother. <laughs> it was up to Dad to do that shuffling. So you went on to Fredericktown. Right. was the next step in your education. And did you end up graduating out of Fredericktown? Yeah. Did you go on and after that? What, what was your next I went step? to Mac. You know what, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, high school in Fredericktown, was that Marvin College? Is that they call it now? There were three buildings at that time, just high school. There was a building that was designated high school. The Marvin College was the auditorium okay. and a, a VOAG <laughs> department underneath. I was never down there. And then they had built that granite building that's still there, and I don't know when. It was there when I got there. It was the gymnasium. So activities, plays, and so forth were done either in the auditorium or in the gymnasium. And the classrooms were, for the most part, in the high school building, uh, the home ec department was also in that old Marvin College. Uh, we had some pretty fancy surroundings there. Was it ever, at, it was a college? Yes, my dad went to college there. What were your favorite topics or your favorite areas of study? Probably English, hated history. Now I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> now I love to get back into it, but... It doesn't stick now. And I loved home ec. I got to uh, be a national officer in the FHA, Future Homemakers of America. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Cool was not a word then, <laughs> meaning what it does now. <laughs> what was the word then? Do you remember? Like what neat. Neat. Okay. It was neat. Yeah. We had some pretty creative high school teachers uh, they worked drama into the English classes loved that uh, art classes I am absolutely no artist but uh, our art teacher entered some of us in the competition in St. Louis I won something there I designed wallpaper for a nursery. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, 
Did the depression have any effect on your childhood? It must have, but I didn't know about, I didn't know we were in a depression. Mm -hmm. We lived on a farm. This community in that two-mile radius, all my uncles and aunts, except one, uh, had farms. We raised huge gardens. My granddad had planted, established an orchard, had several different kinds of fruit. On our place, we had a huge cherry tree that, in my memory, it says that every summer that thing just bore profusely. It couldn't have been every summer, but that's what I remember. The ants leading from that uh, shared the cherries with them. Uh, we had a big pear tree, same thing. The orchard was for granddad's kids and my grandmother, my goodness, she never let one thing go to waste, whether it was produce or a string or what have you. So it was a community family-based thing and we didn't know that we were, kids did not know we were in a depression. We had all we needed and then some because we'd have to empty out uh, canned goods after a year or two to make room for more. And did you sell or trade? Was there any kind of local store, any, any way that you guys were sort of like a market of any kind? that were you? There was the post office and a, a little grocery store, but as far as there was no bartering or trading there. Mother had uh, hens and ducks, and I know I can remember washing eggs and putting them in these large crates that would have been probably 18, 20 inches cubes, probably held six dozen, I don't know. But I can remember doing that, and uh, Dad sold them at a store here in Fredericktown. It was Kinder's store, and it was over in Northtown, they called it then. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> dead town <laughs> now. Uh, he, he raised livestock during the World War that had me scared because I didn't. I said this to Bill last week. I was scared. I didn't understand war. I do not understand war today. I don't know what they were using mules for in Second World War, but Dad raised and trained mules for the government, and one of the fields probably the one of the larger ones, was devoted to those mules. And we children were told, do not ever go in there. Remember, uh, Dad got a shoulder broken working with those mules. Didn't stop him. He went <laughs> One of my great uncles, who also lived in this same radius, raised livestock also. And I never could understand why he had to buy so much feed, commercial feed, we didn't. He raised some crops. I now can drive by there and see why. Poor, poor ground. Rocks, rocks, rocks everywhere. Uh -huh. And that wasn't the case uh, a mile and a half, two miles where we lived. Mm -hmm. You could grow nice gardens and nice crops and so forth. But at any rate, buying all this feed, uh, it, the feed... They got, maybe this was very common, I don't know, 
was in uh, printed cloth bags. So my aunt and their uh, old maid daughter washed, ironed, washed, starched, and ironed those things, opened them up, and my mother's generation, my for my for my generation, bought a lot of those feed sacks. They were twenty five cents a piece, hmm. and they made our dresses. Well, they were muslin, right? Something on that order, uh, something like yeah. that. Yes, cotton. Yeah, cotton. Uh, they were a heavier weave than muslin, as I know muslin. Were they coarse? No. No. No, it was more like a linen type oh. weave. But we would. It was a big deal to go over to. Uncle George's and Aunt Alice's to pick out material. Mother would make our dresses for school. And she was very creative. She'd make cute dresses. We had these big, thick uh, Sears catalogs, Montgomery Ward catalogs. Mother would look at the little dresses in there. And she could come up with the same styles and we'd get to school, and uh, my this cousin or that cousin would uh, have on a, a dress. It was always dresses in those days. No jeans, slacks, what have you. They would have the print that, mm, I thought about that one, but then <laughs> I chose. <laughs> but that was... That was a lot of the reason that we didn't feel deprived, I guess, because mm -hmm. of depression. And we were all on the same level. There were <laughs> no richer kids than we were. Were vehicles very common? They were. I know that my dad uh, put his car up on blocks in the the garage, because uh, on the farm, and he, he also was a livestock trader, uh, he had to use that truck. So he put the car up and didn't use it during the war because we had to have stamps for gasoline and so forth. But every uh, Saturday then, Dad would bring that truck in, and he had his tools. We had springs on our place, and that made a spring branch, we called it, like a little creek. Well, he would drive to that and scrub out the, the back of that truck, and that's telling me that the, not everybody had a vehicle. And then on Sunday morning, he went around and picked up the people who did not have vehicles and brought them to church. And I guess... I guess all five of us packed into the into the cab of the truck, <laughs> but then three of us were very small. <laughs> was your church in Zion, or did you come up to Fredericktown? It was at Zion. Okay. It's called Twelve Mile Baptist Church. It's right there yet, same mm -hmm. place, and it's a red granite building, and okay. and it's about a half mile from our house. Is it still being used today? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> except last Sunday. Right. No. <laughs> the red hat ladies here in Fredericktown did a 
a Christmas church tour. I forgot what else they called it in the county. And ours was one of the churches that was toured. How many years have Baptist, you been an officer? Uh, Baptists have what they call clerks. It's a secretary, what have you. I've been the clerk there since 69. One of my aunts was the clerk before me, and her dad, my grandfather, was the clerk before her. The church was established in 1855, and we've oh. only had four clerks. <laughs> and one of them was uh, one of the charter members who mm -hmm. established it, and that's been in my direct family. But that's going to have to come to an end for too much longer. I understood from my own mother-in-law that winters were a very slow time and uh, maybe quilting was done during winter. Oh, yes. Uh, the ants, and there were a few people in that community who were not my aunts or my cousins, uh, quilted. Uh, they would at times go to somebody's house, a bunch of them gather together, maybe eight, ten, and uh, work on a quilt for that person mm -hmm. whose home we were in, came to our home and to the aunt's homes and so forth. Uh, what about your coverlet, blue and white? What about your coverlet, your blue and white? Oh, my grandmother, as I said, never wasted anything, but she gave me, eventually down through the years, a coverlet that she made. Granddaddy had sheep. Uh, they had sheared the wool. My grandmother carded it. I think that's the first step. Uh, she spun it. She dyed it, and she wove this coverlet. Her loom was probably probably 36 inches, maybe 40. I'd have to look at it again. And she had to do this in two lengths. It has a, a pattern, a little tiny check pattern. And, well, yeah. it wasn't just checks. Geometric type mm -hmm. pattern. And what did then, she use to dye it blue? She has told, and I don't Was remember. It no, that would yeah, be brown. She used that. It sounds like indigo, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure that it, mm -hmm. she would have had access to indigo. It's it's gone through all these years. Right. Goodness knows how old it is. It's going to be well over a hundred years old now. Oh. And it's still a vibrant navy blue. Wow. But then she, uh, it was probably one of her better ones, and it certainly is mine. I've, <laughs> I've used it a few times, but mostly it's just on display. And I know she made a lot of cotton ones that they, they used, and she gave to her kids. Right. And we used them on our beds. It was, it was a totally different age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. 
mother would tell about how you ask about uh, vehicle smuggling. She said uh, they, she could remember, uh, they'd hear a vehicle, a motor vehicle, and they'd run to look at it. And then as she got a little older, they'd hear a plane go over. Bef well before mother died, she drove, <laughs> she flew from oh. here to California a couple times, and from Texas, I think she, I don't think she flew to Texas, but she flew back after having ridden with one of my cousins down there. She also flew back after she took her Amtrak down. Just, just for the trip. Experience. With all these things that we think we couldn't do without now, and with the shortcuts we can take, Mother was very progressive and uh, adventurous yes <laughs> so oh thinking of, of, of things that we we think that we have to have um, what are some of the things that um, you remember like how did you stay cool um, in the summertime you and didn't you didn't <laughs> okay you just dealt with it our house was yeah. a two-story house you avoided the upstairs okay. but uh, also there were there was a, a porch, a railed-in porch on the second floor. And if we did go upstairs, we three children would make a pallet out on that porch to catch the breeze. Uh, <laughs> we waited that spring branch. Yeah. We swam in the creek. Okay. But... There was no electricity until I was about 12 years old. So there were no fans. The old uh, funeral home fans. Right. That were, they were at church. We didn't bother with those at home. Were there any caveats about how soon you could swim in or go into the creek? <laughs> oh, uh, you must wait two hours after you ate. You sure. couldn't go but in. But what about like after, did it have to be after June or something? Uh, okay. No. When, when the garden was taken care of for that day, we had huge gardens. And the blessed things had to be hoed row by row by row. <laughs> I wasn't sure if polio was there was a fear of polio involved there That's was yes why there was and one of our next door neighbor's uh daughter had polio uh, she made a pretty successful recovery she's still living today and what about uh the childhood I guess we call them diseases, which you can be inoculated against, but the measles, whooping cough. Did you have experience with those? Oh, I had measles three times, whooping cough, chicken <laughs> Three times? I um, thought once you got it, you Well, were they mean. call them big measles, little oh, measles, right. and red measles. So rubella and three-day. No doubt. Did you have to stay in a, a darkened room? When you had measles, do you remember that? Not the room wouldn't. Rooms were not bright anyway, at that time. 
but I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Not allowed to read. Right. Hard on your eyes, and maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. Was there a, uh, what was the doctoring like? Did you go to, uh, was there, a, there one there in Zion? Was there a lot of house visits or, you know, how did that? Uh, we came to a doctor in Fredericktown. There was an, a doctor who lived uh, very close to us. It would probably be a two, three mile, three mile drive. And I had uh, double pneumonia when I was five. And they got scared, too worried to go to Fredericktown to get the doctor. And that doctor tended me. And it was a long, drawn-out thing. This was before penicillin. And he was there. My grandmother and some of my aunts sat with me at night so that I didn't choke to death. You said you were born at home. Was that fairly common? Was that yes, the general? Yes. The hospital was not here until 63, I think, mm-hmm. when it opened. And we were too far away from from most hospitals. Um, so you went to Mac. What were you hoping to do when you went to Mac? I wanted to be... <laughs> You're going to think I'm... <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> I wanted to become a librarian. Really? And I didn't become a librarian. I just haunt them. <laughs> this <one. laughs> well, you like books, so. Yeah. Yeah. In our home, we have many, many, many books. What was your, how did your experience at MAC guide anything afterwards? Did it open doors for employment or? I can't see any difference other than just like a sponge soaking up some things. What I did with it was the same old, same old, I think. Have you been employed outside of your home? Oh, yes. (laughs) Shall we hear about that? (laughs) We married very young, 19 years old. Our first child was born nine months and four days, four days (laughs) after we were married. And then... The next one, the only other one, was four years later. They're both daughters. Uh, I didn't work outside the home until the oldest one had started to school and the youngest one was almost four years old. And we lived across the highway from my mother. She kept the little one while I worked. At that time, I worked a total of about 12 years, two years at Brown Shoe in the office. Hated that job. And then there was a loan company here in Fredericktown that uh, was managed by someone I'd gone to high school with. And he asked me several times about coming there, so I did. And I worked there 10 years. And by that time, we had our first grandchild. And I didn't work. I stayed home till she started to school, kept her. And then I went to work for... SMTS, the transportation service here. And I worked there almost 30 years and retired from there. Part-time. Yeah. Bill Osborne uh, hired me, and he said, uh, it will just be part-time. But? 
<laughs> I never worked less than a 40 hour week. Uh, <laughs> Many of them were 60, 70 by the oh. time I retired because the company was growing and and the personnel was not for a while. So I had yay many hats that didn't even have time to change hats, just do. <laughs> uh, during these periods that, that I was working, uh, we built our home. We didn't. We had it done. <laughs> and I would run home at noon to see what they had done and decide, oh, I really wanted <laughs> that builder was glad when I went back to her. <laughs> but he did a great job, and we're still enjoying that home. Mm. Those girls of ours married, and we became grandparents, and that has progressed on to we are now great-great-grandparents. No, great-great-grandparents. <laughs> I'm not old enough for this. <laughs> The house is in Zion? Mm -hmm. Now, you come into Fredericktown every week. How has Fredericktown changed? I used to love to window shop. What were your favorite stores? Figler's, probably. Mm -hmm. They had the quality that Mm -hmm. most of the others didn't. And I loved to sew. I left that out. Oh, Oh, I loved to sew. And we had uh, fabric stores, can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Just fabric and patterns. Do you remember the name of the fabric store? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Were these around Court Square or just uh, like where Where did you, like I'm, I know Fredericktown now and the Court Square and that sort of thing. All that. Figler's was on the corner that has that funny, no, no, no. That was the lawyer's office, Snap Graham and and read. Uh, even earlier than that, it was Hills Sporting Gosh. Goods, and next door that was Figler's, and then there was Economy Sales, which was essentially a liquor store, the only place in town that carried Bibles. And if Bibles. I had to buy a Bible, I came out carrying it like this. <laughs> Don't put it in a bag. <laughs> uh, then there was a department store. Jones Brothers first. So two department stores, Figler's and another one? There was P.N. Hirsch, and there was Federated. Uh, later, there was Blair's, and that's all up the north side of the okay. street. And where Seaboss was, is, was Schwanner's. It was kind of a department. Well, it was. Did not sell uh, ready-made clothing. It also carried fabrics. Shoes, carried the brown shoe Mm. shoes, Mm -hmm. a doctor's office, Tom's shoe store, and then it it was uh, shoe repair and so forth. Another called, it was called Lumber Company, but it wasn't, it was hardware. Oh, Schulte's? No, it was, no, it was before, now I'm going up from Seaball's going west. It was before you got to Schulte's and before your time. The the same family, Jones Brothers was over on the other side of the street, and another Jones or else a man that had married one of the Jones ran that hardware store. Western Auto. And then Western Auto was before Schulte's. And then drugstore, Dicus Drugstore, where you could have lunch. 
Or you could buy your girlfriend a gift. And then that end building up there, well, Huff's Cafe, <clears throat> which is now, what, Madison, that restaurant that's mm -hmm. there. It was Huff's Cafe to begin with, I think, at least in my memory. And the corner building then, there was sometimes a Kroger store. There was a Ward's store, mm. Ward's grocery type. Uh, then it would be a, a department store. Then it would be another grocery store. <laughs> it went back and forth. But that was the main block, mm -hmm. and that was where, where I did yeah. most of the shopping. Grocery stores, my goodness, we had grocery stores in those days. Was there butchers? Uh, yes, all those grocery stores. <laughs> no, Kinder's especially, which is where Jack's Barbershop is now. Okay. Well, this now, too, this would have been... Um... I'm not sure what time here we're talking about, but the mines were running for a good long time, and I'm guessing the town was bigger and a bit more, compared to today, probably seemed more lively or more... Well, the lead mines were very, very active and productive then, and when they closed down sometime in the 50s, the town started going down. We didn't have the industry, we didn't have the jobs, then Brown Shoe closed down, and and you see what we have today. Now, now, there was a train. Did you ever take the train in or out anywhere? It was... I only took the train. I only rode a train one time, and that was from, uh, oh, what's the big uh, train station in St. Louis? from Union. Union Station, station to uh, Columbus, Ohio. Oh, I left out one of the most interesting things. I said that I became a national officer in FHA uh, to be installed and so forth. All over the whole nation's kids, yeah. girls, mm -hmm. uh, were brought to Columbus, Ohio. When Now, times were very different. This would have been in 52. I left on my 16th birthday. Uh, Who accompanied you? Pardon? Who accompanied you? Your parents or a teacher? No. Uh, <laughs> there was, Missouri was divided into regions, and we met up. I was in a region, well, the regions met up there at Union Station, and there were well, there was only one uh, sponsor-type lady. There were a bunch of us girls. Wow. We got to a hotel in Columbus, Ohio. It was called the Deschler Wallach Hotel, and we were taken to the desk or guided to the desk, and then we were asked to move over to one side, and everything got very quiet, and a few people came in, and we looked around. The person in the lead was Harry S. Truman. There was no great body of Secret Service people around him. There were a few people, four or five at the most, and he looked around and said, why all these girls? There were a little over 2,000 of us all together. Of course, they weren't all in that hotel, but there were a bunch of us. Mm -hmm. I think I think Missouri had around had two hundred and something, and uh, he they told him that it was FHA convention and so forth, and he said, "Well, is there anybody here from Missouri?" And oh, our little hands went up in the air. So he talked to us a few minutes, and he said um, he he told us what floor he was on. He <laughs> said, "And at such and such a time." Just before our dinner time that evening, 
He said, I'd like you to come to the door of my room and sing the Missouri waltz for us. Oh, my goodness. We were, we were very surprised, shocked. And we got to our rooms, and then this sponsor lady said, how many people know the words to the Missouri waltz? <laughs> we had to scramble to put together a verse of it. But at that time, we went to his door, and a bunch of scared kids sang the Missouri waltz to the President of the United States. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, how could I have almost missed that good question <laughs> what a great story yeah wow. he shook hands with i don't see how he could have shaken hands with all of us and i'm not sure i got to i don't know whether i did or not probably not or i definitely know what i could tell by yeah. <laughs> it was a big thrill get to I take had... that story back to your family oh yeah <laughs> and i have a huge <laughs> picture of this it was different. I'd been to St. Louis a few times in my life, but Columbus, Ohio was a little different. <laughs> what about community organizations? Was there anything that stood out to you? Anything else that you belonged to? 4-H back in, in my younger days. One of my aunts <laughs> was the sponsor for that. She was the one that lived closest to me, and I could walk to her house for for the meetings. There is one question here. Do you remember any important community traditions, legends? Well, for one thing, you better go to church on Sunday. <laughs> and we did. And you better not be caught hunting or fishing on Sunday. Every year a tradition. My grandparents' wedding anniversary was 22nd of June, so the Sunday that was closest to the 22nd of June, the entire church congregation, the family, which was all part of that congregation and the community gathered at their house and my poor grandma <laughs> cooked and cooked and cooked well the family members especially mother and the aunts cooked up food and brought it their house is still there but you can't see it because it's so grown up with some terrible trees junk trees but they had a big yard and they set up tables and sawhorses and doors and so forth. I don't know, probably close to 100 people every year came there for that. And I wonder if some of them even knew what the <laughs> <laughs> why they were there. It was just we go there. This It would usually be the third Sunday in, in June. And there were some pictures of groups. And then by the, that time, I guess they were... My grandparents, great-grandchildren's coming down to that. There's a, a long stretch. My oldest cousins, they had three daughters fairly close together, and the youngest one was 10 years older than I. And then they got a surprise way down the road and got one that was, I've got a son that was three years younger than I. But anyway, by that time, you know, when I'm a, a young kid, uh, they already had children. They were people of every age there. And one of our favorite kids' pastimes, we didn't have playgrounds and so forth, except at school. And we didn't have playgrounds at school. We just had grounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was climbing in the barns. Everybody had a barn because we all lived on farms. We girls did too, climb up in the hayloft. And we'd have our separate rooms and play house and school and and what have you. And now I don't want to go in there. There are spiders or whatever. Yeah. 
spiders, snakes, the things that so many people or kids are afraid of today. Was that just something that didn't bother you? or only I was went, always scared. Only when it wound around her neck. I was always scared of spiders, particularly granddaddies. And granddaddies give me the creeps to this day. But one of my older cousins was a big uh, prankster. And I had said that my sister and I, and eventually my brother, would wait at, at granddaddy's until Dad could come pick us up and take us on home. This had to be in the summer, though, not a school time. Somebody had killed a snake there in the yard, and I knew that in my grandmother's garden, uh, she had often killed copperheads. Well, to me, a snake was a snake. I didn't like the nasty things, which they're probably not nasty. But anyway, my cousin knew this snake was dead, and she picked it up and slung it around her head and turned it loose. And when she did, it hit the back of my neck, wrapped around my neck, and I fainted. I came to my grandma, had her broom, using it on my cousin, the brush in. She never, ever threw another snake at me. Probably never threw another one, period. <laughs> Certainly not in Grandma's side. <laughs> How many siblings did you have? I don't know if you said that. I have one sister and one brother, one both younger than I and both gone. The old one was a tough one. I outlasted them. We have five grandchildren, 12 greats and two great-greats, plus some spouses along the way. So our family of four has expanded a bunch. When, when do you remember as like things like in Frederictown, Zellia Festival and the county fair, were there things like that? I do. Uh, there was a Madison County Fair back then, oh. and it's been kind of revived on the same order. But that was the only carnival type, nearest to a carnival type thing when I was growing up. Didn't, uh, didn't get to come to it very often. And there was something that was really aggravating to me about it. My dad was a very well-known businessman. He'd take two steps and somebody'd stop him. <laughs> Mother would be in charge of the two young ones and dad had me. So I got to listen to a lot, a lot of dry conversation. And finally, we'd get to a ride or so, and then they'd start closing them down. It was time to go home. <laughs> but Mother mother made up for a lot of that. She was so creative. If we had a hailstorm, Mother would run out and gather up as much hail as she could in a water bucket, and then she'd quickly mix up a ice cream, a batch of ice cream, put in a smaller bucket, and then stand there and turn that in the ice. And we had ice cream. We didn't have a refrigerator, so unless you went to town. And, and when we did, uh, out here, how do I tell that? Right at the very edge of town, there was a, a little grocery store, and they had Duffner's ice cream. And Dad would stop there, and we'd get an ice cream cone. And those were such a treat because you couldn't have them at home unless it was Southside Grocery. And it's the building is still there, and they've done it over into a dwelling now. Mother had one. Mother was an orphan. She was raised by her aunt and uncle. And her two stepsisters, first cousins, lived there in our community. One of those married my dad's brother. Uh, but there was a, a son, and he lived down Bell City or in down in that area. And two or three or four times a year, we would visit. We went there most of the time, and they would come usually like once a year. Those were big uh, events in our, our lives. And I can remember taking 
those cousins, three of them were older than I, and I remember taking them down to the barn and showing them our <laughs> play places and our horses. And life was a whole lot simpler then. Our playground equipment at school, we had a baseball and a bat, and you better not lose that baseball. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then later on, the school ground was enclosed by a fence, and the, there was a big wire gate because there had to be a driveway there to get the coal in for the furnace. For sure. the, and we got a volleyball. And a few of us were allowed to be on the outside of the gate. That was your net. And that was our net. We played <laughs> volleyball. When they built that second room on, then they put in some equipment. But that was after I was too big to use it. It was a small kid's merry-go-round, seesaw, and that kind of stuff. So you were in eighth grade, and you felt like you were too old to use it by (laughs) eighth grade? There were, like I said, around 60 (laughs) (laughs) kids lined up. We had two recesses, 15 minutes, morning and evening, and then an hour at noon. (laughs) If I had wanted to get down on that thing, (laughs) those things... I wouldn't have gotten there. The little kids got the time and the use of them. One thing, uh, when I was baptized, again, all these cousins, and then that Mississippi River Fuel uh, had a bunch of houses, six houses up back of the pumping station itself, and so there were some kids uh, from there. But when I was baptized, there were in the teens of us to be baptized. I was the youngest and the smallest. It was November baptized in the creek. Ah, oh. Spring fed. So my mother wrapped me up in wool from head to toe as much as possible. Yeah. And we went down to this creek place to be baptized and the pastor looked us over and he said he thought, he told us later, he thought I might get scared and back out or something. So he said, we'll take her first. <laughs> you know what that meant? I had to stand out there wet <laughs> all the oh. rest of them. For right. baptized, yeah. but mother had a blanket or quilt or something <laughs> to wrap around me. That was that sticks in my mind mm-hmm. pretty well. <laughs> well you said you don't like winter, so yeah, <laughs> maybe that helped. Did you say um, where your family, um, your parents, your grandparents? How, how did do you know how they ended up in this area? My grandfather was a whitener. My grandmother was a colonial. Uh, her mother was a Graham. They all came from the same area back when in the South Carolina area when when this area was being settled. Mark one, some of the Whiteners stopped off there. And my granddad was Ben Whitener, B.D. Whitener. Uh, he had a brother, Lawson, uh, one they call Poli, which must have been Napoleon, John Henry. John Henry had a, a department store here at, at some point, but they were gone except for Lawson by the time I was born. My dad was the youngest of the four brothers, and there were only two more younger than he was. And my parents were married almost seven years before I was born, so there's a there's a gap there that I don't remember some of the oldest ones. But there was a picture Fredericktown put out a calendar some years ago of with old pictures for each month, and one of them has that uh, John Henry Whitener's delivery wagon for his store on that. Now I've got it somewhere, and I don't know where. 
uh, but that's how they got here. I know very little about my mother's parents. Uh, they yeah. died when she was a baby. So they settled this area about yes. what year? Got federal land grant papers going back to the 1840s. Okay. Yeah, he he has a better <laughs> grasp on that than federal I do. Federal land grant papers. Around here for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but none of none of my Whitener cousins are alive. The first, nor their kids. There, <laughs> there are no Whiteners that are my direct uh, relatives. <clears throat> I don't know why they why they chose this area. Unfortunately, I said I hated history. You know, I didn't ask the questions mm -hmm. that now I would love to have the answers to. There's one more thing. Yeah. Uh, when AJ and I dated were engaged and talked about being married. My grandma was living with my parents. And she said, oh, honey, you can't marry him. I said, why not? She said, you're related. Because his mother was a Graham. My grandmother's mother was a Graham. And that was all she said. Well, I knew there couldn't be a very close relationship, but... I don't think it was even that same day she said, Honey, you're either 13th or 23rd cousin to him. She said, And I don't know which it is. I don't remember, and I'm not going to count it up again. <laughs> she was a cute, feisty little thing. Phyllis had told her that she couldn't be kin to me because Dad came to this country, and the only relatives he had was his brothers. But he married a woman. But he, oh. married, a, he married a girl. And they were thick on the ground. Still. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be your first interviewee. As are we honored yeah. to have your interview. It's been fun. No, this is fantastic. This, this is, is really exactly good. what we hope. Yeah.